You are listening to the weekly podcast of Fellowship Bible Church of Paragool. For more information about our church, please visit us at www.fellowshipparagool.com. All right, let's everyone come to their seats. And if you have a copy of God's Word or your phone or you just want to look at the screen, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, verse 11 this morning as we continue our uh, series through the Lord's Prayer. But... Uh, As you turn there, I just want to welcome everyone. If you're new here, we are very glad you're here. had a baby just do full projectile vomit right here. I'm very close to getting Jared, so that would have been awesome. But, uh... All right, so one thing I do want to say, particularly as we move into a new season in the life of our church, in a few weeks we'll be moving to a new facility for our Sunday gathering, is that if you've came to church this morning, we hope this is the last week that you ever go to church. All right? And if you're confused by uh, me saying that, then we need to say it more. Right? The church is not a place that you go to. The church is a people who follow Jesus in everyday life together. And that's one thing we're committed to as a church, is not being a people who are about just seeing our Sundays being changed, but our everydays being changed through the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And we just want to really hammer that in again for any of us that have kind of forgot that or if you're new and you haven't heard that, is we're not in the process of building our church downtown. We're in the process of seeing Jesus build His church in every nook and cranny of Paragold. And so this is what we're all about. And so this is why we gather this morning, is because we want to see the glory of Jesus Christ through His people bring good news to this city. That's why we're going to preach this sermon. That's why we're going to to hear more about missional communities later on, the primary way that you can get engaged in the life of Fellowship Paragold. So Matthew 6, Matthew Chicks, all right, Matthew 6. (laughs) I hope that's not subconscious. All right, so Matthew 6, verse 11, and we'll read through the, the rest of it later. All right, so Matthew 6 and verse 11. I know most of us can recite this by heart. Give us this day our daily bread. Father, thank you so much that you are a a good Father who gives us good gifts. Thank you that every gift that comes from above is from you. And Father, we ask today that you would help us to see the good news of your word again. Good news where it confronts us and convicts us and challenges us. Good news where it comforts us. And God, we ask you now that you would do the work that only your Spirit can do. Father, just, I just pray that you would take the, the kindling and wood that's been prepared as this sermon and Spirit, you would light the fire. That you would ignite in all of our hearts a, a passion to follow Jesus even more in our everyday lives. And Father, that you would help us through our time together today of singing, reading your word, Uh, coming under the teaching of your word, that you would help us to be a people that is committed to seeing every man, woman, and child have a daily encounter with the real Jesus in this city. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you'd think that lists would be easy, particularly grocery lists, but grocery lists are not easy for me. You could ask my wife to vouch for this, for sure. And there's two ways grocery lists go very wrong for me. The first way is if you go into Walmart and you see me, if I don't talk to you, it's not because I'm not being rude. It's because I'm probably making about my fourth lap around the grocery section. 
because I don't know where anything is. I got a witness back here on the back. So Cassie's like, could you please just go to the grocery store, get this knocked out for me? And so I take this list. And what she could do in probably 10 minutes takes me at least 30 minutes because I don't know where anything is located at in there. And so it's back and forth, back and forth. And I'm way too proud to stop and ask somebody. And if it's Christmas time and something like confectionery sugar, whatever that means, is thrown on the list, you can just add about 10 more minutes. And then there's the distraction factor. So whereas Cassie, like, she knows our budget, she knows what we need to get, I'm like seeing the new brand of Doritos and thinking that's probably what we need. That should probably be on the list. And so there's just this utter confusion, this anxiety, this sometimes even anger that happens through dealing with this list. But then there's the other way, when it just has a few things on the list, I know right where they are is it's just me going in and out and taking care of business. Now that's how I like it, but that's not always how it is. Well, you may be like me, and the same experience I have with my grocery list is the same experience that I can have with my prayer list sometimes, with my prayer request. Is that I have all of these things that I feel like I need to bring before God. But if I'm honest with you, sometimes prayer makes me more anxious than more relieved. As I start to think about all of these things I need God to provide for, whether it be financially, whether it be emotionally, whether it be in the life of our church, whether it be in my own soul, and I'm just being honest with you, the more I think about it and the more I go down this list, I get overwhelmed with anxiety. And I start to think, why do I pray? This is overwhelming. And then all the distractions that come in. Wow, I, once I started praying about that, I realized this stunk too. And then there's other times where I pray. I've got a few things. I know what they are. I know what I want God to do. And it's in and out. Here you go, God. Bam, bam, bam. Take care of it. See you later. Now what makes all the difference, whether it's going to the grocery store or whether it's in my time with the Lord in prayer is it becoming relational. You see, if Cassie is with me in the grocery store, it's a whole different story. She knows where things are. She knows how things need to be prioritized. The list may have been prioritized. I didn't know it, or I can't figure it out. But if she's there with me, things start to make sense. Anxiety starts to die down. The purpose starts to become clear. Or if she's there with me and the list just has a few things to be knocked out, she also knows what may not have even been there to start with, but what needs to be added to fulfill the goal of that mission. See, from the beginning in God's Word, we see that God wants His people to unashamedly come to Him with requests. We're going to see this morning that there is no shame in having a prayer list of bringing our basic needs and requests to God. God has opened up for us that kind of relationship, but He does not want that to become something that makes us more anxious. He does not want that to be something that makes us more selfish. And the Lord's Prayer gives us the paradigm. It gives us the perspective so that we find the relationship that redeems all of our requests. So that we can come to God with the list, however long it may be, however short it may be, and it leads us into a fuller life of following Jesus. Well, how in the world does this happen? Well, the first thing, before we bring our list to God, we see in the Lord's Prayer that we must have a humble preparation. 
A humble preparation is what will redeem our request. So many of us, when we think about prayer, all we think about is the list. And no wonder it's boring. And no wonder we get more anxious. And no wonder we get more distracted. And so we're just going to read through the whole Lord's Prayer again right now. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And you can read it with me. I know Jared's had us do that the last couple weeks. So let's start again. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now notice here, as it were, I know this is going to sound kind of backwards. The bread section, our prayer list section, is in the middle of this. So it's like a prayer sandwich, I was going to say, but the bread's in the middle. So that kind of doesn't work. <laughs> but think of it this way, right? is that there's a lot of perspective given around that prayer list. So, so many of us, we rush in, right, to give us our daily bread. But that actually undercuts the power and the perspective of our prayer life. The Lord's Prayer teaches us, first of all, to see our prayer list in view of God as Father in heaven, whom we want His name to be honored. So when we bring our prayer list to God, we're not coming to a genie, Right? We're not Aladdin with the genie. Here's our list. Maybe I'll get the top three. No, we come to Him as a good Father. A personal Father. And so when we let the Lord's Prayer shape our prayer list, even from the start, it moves from just a give me what I want kind of prayer to a thank you for who you are kind of prayer. To I trust you with my every need. I'm depending on you personally as a Father whom I can trust. But also we see that before we get to our prayer list, that we want to pray it in light of God's kingdom. So often, if we're honest, our prayer list, the reason that it's filled with anxiety, the reason that it's filled with distraction, is it's all about building our own kingdoms. It's a prayer list with the story of us being the hero. If we want to pray with power, if we want to pray with purpose, then we have to see that everything that I'm going to lay out before God has to come under the rule and reign of Jesus Christ as King. I'm going to ask every request on here is in such a way that it glorifies Jesus, that it's a part of a bigger table, a bigger perspective. Because really what this whole prayer is about is reorienting our lives to life in the kingdom of Christ. But it also teaches us to pray, Thy will be done. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So flowing out of that kingdom request is a posture in prayer that before we list the first thing, we're submitted to God as a good Father who has brought us into His great kingdom and we trust Him whether you answer this prayer yes or no. We trust and say, Your will be done. So you can already see, this, is, this transforms your prayer list. It gives you a foundation to pray from with confidence. But I think we could also add, and I'm not going to say much about these, Jared will unpack these for us in our coming weeks, is that we pray in light of our relationship with God as one who is forgiven and our relationship with others in whom we're living in community with. And we pray in view of a larger war that's going on as we ask God to lead us not in temptation but deliver us from evil. This brings a lot of perspective 
as we ask God to provide for our daily and basic needs. I think of one of our children who's particularly tender-hearted. And one Christmas, he's listing off all of these things that he wants. I mean everything under the sun. I don't know about you guys, but my favorite time of the year, one of my favorite times of the year growing up was getting out the Sears wish book. I don't even know if they still have those. What a shame of the internet, right? <laughs> to take away the Sears wish book experience. I remember, maybe they still have it, I don't know, circling it. Well, this is kind of what it was for him. He's just got this list of all this stuff he needs. And then as a good father, I, I used the, the great motivation of guilt in his life. And so the Compassion International magazine comes, and if y'all know what that is, it's the thing where you can like buy rabbits for children overseas who don't have anything, or you can give so much money and go towards a well being built in the city. And so hopefully this wasn't guilt, but... We start looking down through there, and I'm like, hey, would you like to, instead of getting us using all the money we've set aside for you for Christmas, to take some of that money, and let's buy something for these kids who have nothing. So you want these 50 toys. Why don't we let this kid eat for a day? Might be a little guilt. Uh, well, he's so tender-hearted that now all of a sudden he's like, I don't want anything for Christmas. Just take all the money that you were going to spend on me and buy them whatever we need to buy. And so that's an extreme response. But you know now what he is in the right perspective to do is now to make his list for himself. This is what the Lord's Prayer does for us. Is it reminds us that God, who God is as a father, that we're a part of a, a bigger story of the building of his kingdom. Does that mean we don't still have daily needs? No, we still have daily needs. We still have wants. We still have things to, that we want God to bring and do in our life. But when we see the bigger picture, now we can ask those things with the right perspective, with the right confidence that actually makes prayer real, that actually makes prayer purposeful, that actually makes prayer enjoyable. So many of us, our prayers are either boring or belittling to God because they're trapped in such a small story. Our kids have been watching Lord of the Rings. I know some of you guys know that, and I'll use a different illustration for those of you who think that's a, a nerdy waste of time. But Aragorn, right? Can you imagine when he gets this great sword from the elves, and if he got that sword and he wouldn't put it in a collector's case on the wall of wherever those people live in that time. And you're like, dude, you didn't get a sword as a collectible item. You got a sword to go kick the butt of orcs. <laughs> For those of you more, so more sports-oriented, can you imagine Steph Curry getting a basketball for Christmas? And he takes that basketball, and what does he do? He goes home, and he sets it on his shelf, and he looks at it, and he says, I love basketball. <laughs> no, you've been given that basketball to go play the game. If all your prayers are about you just getting stuff that you're going to do nothing with for any larger purpose other than just fulfilling your own selfish desires, then no wonder prayer is boring. Because you're not asking God, give me all this stuff so that I can now plug it in to a larger story of the advancement of your kingdom in this world. For others of us, prayer is belittling to God because we know that our, need, our needs are really our greeds. 
We think of God as a father who merely sends us a blank check in the mail every now and then instead of a father who actually lives life with us and wants to give us the things little by little, as the prayer says, day by day, to grow us, mature us, and shape us. You see, if we let the Lord's Prayer as a whole, as it's meant to be seen, as it's meant to be prayed, shape our request, then we humbly come prepared with the perspective we need to go boldly before the throne for everything God will provide. But it's not just humble preparation, but we see here that God calls us to redeem our request through what we call an honest specification. So we can be honest down to the details. So notice 6.11 again here where we are today. Give us this day our daily bread. What the Lord's Prayer teaches us is in... And don't let... This has got to balance out what I just said. So we've got to be prepared in light of this bigger perspective. But there is nothing too small to bring before God. This is That might sound obvious to some, but this will be revolutionary for many of us. Give us this day our daily bread. We can bring to God our request for the most basic and simplest of needs in our lives. Some of us have this, this view of God that is so wrong, oh, you wouldn't want to hear about that. But asking for the giving of bread is asking for the most basic of needs. It's a saying that God's grace is not merely to bring us into an afterlife and we just need to deal with it for a while. It's saying God is here to provide for us now in this life. Bread is more, as we're going to see, pointing us more than just the sandwich we'll have for lunch tomorrow, but not less. Uh, Several years ago, you guys will remember, and I'm not a huge Tim Tebow fan, because I know that'll distract some of you. But do you remember when he was playing for the Broncos? And he went into the playoffs, and he was praying for God's victory. And everybody, I mean, this was weird. Even ESPN got into the whole prayer debate. Does God care about football games? Do you remember that? They're all debating this. Does he really care about football games? There are people starving in third world countries. ISIS is beheading people regularly. Who does this guy think he is to pray that God will help him score a touchdown? Let's be honest. Maybe that's where some of you are here today is you think, man, God's got bigger fish to fry than the stuff in my life. I know that I'm ticked off because I've got these minor repairs to do around my house. You know, I'm I'm not going to bring my heart in that situation before the Lord. That's too small for Him. But what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, I think Ryan has this, just just a little later. He says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your Father? But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. This is Jesus saying this, the one who will come to die for the sins of the whole world. And he's wanting to teach his disciples, you know what? God knows every sparrow that falls to the ground, and not one falls to the ground apart from his care. You know what? This is amazing, isn't it? God knows the number of the hairs on every one of our heads. You see, we think that we have a large view of God when we don't bring the small things to Him. 
But actually, when we don't bring the small things to God, we have a small view of God. Do we honestly not think He can take care of the big and the small? Do we realize what we're saying? It's like, man, He's got this big stuff to take care of. He's really busy. I'm sure He doesn't have the time or the power or the capacity to help me get through changing diapers all day today. Or to help me get these papers graded, if you're a teacher. Or to care about these bolts that I'm turning in this factory. Or to care about these bills that need to be paid. Or to care about this barrenness that I'm living with. Or to care about this cancer that I want cured. Or to care about these misdirected chemicals firing off in my brain, causing me to feel like I don't know where I am half the time. What God the Father wants to say to us through the Lord's Prayer is I care about you down to the white loaf bread in your pantry. Or wheat bread. Jared says white bread's healthier now. Still blowing my mind. (laughs) Just let that sink in though. He cares about you down to the details. And He wants you daily coming to Him with everything. By the way, this is a good foundation for why we call people to daily devotion time with God. Notice, give us this day our daily bread. What does that imply? You're going to be praying every day. Not as some sort of religious checklist, but as a daily dependence on God to provide for you in everything. What if your children just uh, every week slipped a list under the door and said, here's the stuff I need this week. Or think about this, as I thought about this, it broke my heart, and I hope, I hope that it doesn't happen. But can you imagine uh, you walking outside and seeing your child talking with your neighbor and being like, yeah, you know, would you help me with my math homework? Because I'm really struggling. Or walking outside and seeing your, your neighbor, an adult, you know, throwing ball with your kid. And you're like, what's the deal here? You're kind of getting offended. You're kind of getting a little upset. That's my son. And your son comes to you, or your daughter, and says, I just respect you so much. I know you're so busy. I know you work so hard to provide for our family. And I know you have so much stress on you that I don't want to bother you with the little things. Wouldn't your heart break? Because you know that life is the little things. That's how our Father cares about us. So many of us run to to all these other gods and all these other idols to help us deal with our daily junk. Because we think God's only there for the big stuff. Well, He saved me and He's getting me to heaven. I'm not going to bother him with everything in between. The Lord's Prayer challenges to see that we honor God greatly by bringing the little things to him. One thing I do that irritates my wife to no end is I don't want to talk to her about the details of my day. Any husbands give me an amen here? We already lived it once, didn't we? Who wants to live it again? But anyway, I'm trying to repent and I'm justifying myself. Uh... But it honors her when I tell her about my day. And so I'm going to switch it here. Husbands, I think if you really want to honor your wives, 
Don't make her beg you to tell her about your life. Because the little things are our life. And we honor God greatly by bringing those to Him. Let's be honest, there may be some of you in here this morning, you don't want God involved in the little things in your life. Maybe that's why you're being challenged on this. Is I, I, you know, it's just like with my wife. I don't want to tell her about it because she might have some sort of input. That's how some of us are with God. We don't want to bring the little things to Him because we know the little things are our lives. We don't want to say, God, oh, help me in this relationship where there's conflict because we know He might tell us something from His Word or by His Spirit we don't want to do. God, help me with my debt. I don't want to pray that to God. He might tell me the obvious thing, stop spending more than I make. God, help me with this relationship. Help me with this approval idol, this comfort idol, this power idol, this control idol. We let God into the details. Guess what? He's in the details now. But that's where He wants us. That's what being a disciple is all about. Submitting all of our life to the Lordship of Jesus down to the details. So we pray, we pour out ourselves to God. And how do we ultimately know He's listening? Well, I think there's a pointer in this line that shows us this. And if we could bring that up again, Ryan, just the single line. Give us this day our daily bread. And it would have been very hard for this original audience of Israelites listening to Jesus preach this message that is within what we call the Sermon on the Mount, where he's called the people out to the wilderness, as it were, to this mount to preach to them his own exposition of what it means to be a follower of the true God of Israel. Saying things like, Moses said to you this, but I say to you this, giving them the vision for life in the kingdom. And so when these listeners hear Jesus say this word bread, they have to be thinking back to a time way back in their history where God's people were in the wilderness needing bread. As God delivered Israel from Egypt and brought them through the Exodus, they found themselves in the wilderness, they found themselves hungry, they found themselves needy. And they began to not only cry out to God to provide for them, but they did just like we do today. They began to complain to God because He wasn't providing for them like they thought He should. And yet God in His grace and His kindness gave them manna, which was bread from heaven. He provided for them in the middle of nowhere. And as Israel would go forward in their story and they would face many more days where they didn't know where God was or why He was taking so long or if He would provide, what God told Moses to do was to take some of this manna, some of this bread from heaven as it were, and to place it in the ark, which the ark was, don't think Noah's ark, big boat, but think a box, where, which symbolized the place where God was residing among His people but it housed a couple things. It kept a couple things in it. One of those things God said to Moses is put some of that bread in there. Because I want my people to always be able to remember in the middle of the wilderness season of your lives, of our story, I provided. 
bread from heaven. And the one who now brings us this request, give us this day our daily bread, is not only the one who is teaching us how to pray, but he is the one who is the very security of every prayer that we pray. Because as Jesus teaches this word, we will find him not, not long after being presented by God himself as the one who is the bread from heaven. The one who is the provision of God for God's people in the middle of our wilderness lives where we need God to provide so much. We'll see Jesus not only the one who is himself the bread from heaven, feeding multitudes, thousands upon thousands, hungry with bread that just multiplies out of nowhere. And then ultimately we'll see Jesus himself going to the cross. And as Jesus describes what is going to happen to him as he dies in our place, he tells his disciples, I want you to take bread. And every time you take bread and you break it and you eat it, I want you to remember, this is my body broken for you. And in the most ultimate, hope-giving, securing display of the fact that our God will provide, we see Jesus. We see Jesus dying on a cross. We see Jesus risen from the dead. We see Jesus now reigning, now promising, now providing for His people. If we ever doubt that God is not hearing our prayers for our daily provisions, what we are called to do is to look back to the cross. Look back to the one who is the proof that God is listening. To a God who if He, as Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare His own Son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? I tried to, to, to think of a, a good story that would illustrate this. I know there's many as we come back to this point, but what I, I couldn't help but think of is, is just imagine that if, if you took someone on a awesome fishing trip. I've never been on one of these, but Cassie's uh, uncle just yesterday was driving. He said, I'm nine miles from y'all's house. She's like, Why'd you, why don't you stop by? Well, no, I'm on my way to the White River. Evidently, that's a good place to fish in Arkansas. <laughs> you can tell how much I know about fishing. But can you imagine if you brought somebody all the way out on that trip, if her uncle gets all the way out there and, and he's over there and, and he is uh, casting, doing his thing, <laughs> And all of a sudden, somebody that invited him on this trip paid his way, let's say, and is taking care of it, and they're like, dude, you don't have any bait on your hook. And he's like, well, I really didn't want to bother y'all with the bait. <laughs> I mean, you've already went to all this trouble. You'd be like, 
Well, some of you I know would call him an idiot. <laughs> but you'd be like, what in the world are you thinking? Do you think I would pay all this money and go to all this trouble to bring you all the way here and now let you fish water? Or can you imagine if you took your kid on the trip and every five minutes instead of getting the fish you're having to untangle line? Because that's all my experience is fishing. <laughs> I'll just be honest with you. I like to do it, but 90% of the time I'm fixing something. But could you imagine your kid being like, uh, I don't want you to have to help me fix the line. Well, you can't fish if I don't fix the line. That's what this is all about. When God gave His Son Jesus, He paid the price to put us in the life He wants us to have. And He doesn't want us now saying, well, all these details aren't a big deal. I don't think you'll provide for them now because you've already provided so much already. No, He wants us to see, I've given you everything. Now ask me for anything. Anything that is a part of this great mission, this great vision that you need down to your bread, down to help changing those diapers, down to cleaning up fingernail polish off the sink, down to tilling your garden, down to turning that bolt. We honor God when we invite Him into the details of our life and depend on them to provide for us. Just imagine if, if that's how we lived our lives. I think prayer without ceasing starts to make sense now, if you've ever been confused by that. Because now prayer is not about a routine list, it's about an unending relationship. If we pray like that as families, as missional communities... If your kids got to see you crazily walk around the house moving your lips, if you do that, or talking out loud. If you paused in your family meals, in your discussions, because you said, I don't have the answers, but let's go to the one who does, who's with us now. Some of you may be wondering what this looks like, and I just wanted to give you a, a couple of examples, or maybe one for the sake of time. And, on RMC, we try, to, we try to do this. We've tried to pray the Lord's Prayer for this past year together. And sometimes some of us will, will write out these to encourage one another. And, and, and this is what it looks like when you let the Lord's Prayer transform your list or what it could. You guys can make this better. Things like, Father, we thank you that you're our Father. Remind us today that we're not alone because we have you and we have each other in Jesus. And in this security, may we live to the honor of your name, our family name. We know we're going to be tempted to build our kingdoms today and to push our wills on other people at any cost. So put our eyes on our true King Jesus. Help us to live with a vision of His reign in and over every area of our lives. We have so many daily needs, but we know you know them better than us and you're able to provide. Help those of us with financial strain, with family anxieties, trying to raise our children, some just wanting to have children. And at this time we were playing a bingo down at Restore. And please provide our every need for our bingo night as we seek to love people like you do. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins through Jesus. Thank you that our sin doesn't define us because Jesus does and keep us from hanging our heads and paralyzing guilt and shame. Please protect each of us from the particular sins that easily trip us up and the idols we are prone to worship like comfort, control, approval, and performance. 
And may we see you as the God who is greater than all. And may it overflow in joy and love. That's just one example. But you can take the Lord's Prayer and you can let it shape your prayer list so that they're no longer confusing or no longer routine, but in the context of a relationship with God. And you can find in Him one who cares about you down to the details. And when you do, prayer will not be stress-giving. You will find prayer as the calming, coping, confidence-building power that God has provided for us in Christ. And when we do, our prayer list then will be different. Our requests we will find we'll be redeemed for the glory of God through a relationship with Jesus Christ.